Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Welcome back to the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast. Um, I am here today with a guest, and I'm so excited to have her here on episode 75, where we're going to dig deep into the topic of heart disease. And I've talked about this a little bit in other episodes, but she is an expert, and I um, am so excited to have her here. Nicole, thank you so much for taking your time and coming on here to help my audience and um, teach them all about this primary killer in our country. <laughs> Right. Thank you so much for having me, Sophia. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a fan. <laughs> um, why don't you tell them a little bit about your background first? Um, and then we can like kind of dive into the topic because I just want them to know how um, great and qualified you are on all this. Thank you. Um, okay. So I'm going to date myself, but my, the first half of my career as a dietitian, the registered dietitian nutritionist. And the first half of my career, the first 15 years was spent in clinical setting primarily. And that's where um, I focused on heart disease, women's health, diabetes. And the second half, the past 11 years has been primarily focused outside of the clinical setting um, in plant-based nutrition. And that started, um, Gosh, that started through a chocolate company I started and it was a dark chocolate company and that I just, I love dark chocolate and wanted Me to too. <laughs> dark chocolate fan club. Um, yeah. So I wanted it to, I wanted to create something to help educate people about plants and let chocolate be the vehicle for that. So I had dark chocolate snacks with like nuts and seeds and blueberries and pumpkin and all these like healing plant-based foods and just allowed for chocolate to be the vehicle. And like, what better way to deliver nutrition education than through chocolate. And um, so, yeah, so that's how my plant-based journey started, you know, really through chocolate. I closed the company in 2018 just because I really wanted to focus on the education component. I launched the company because I wanted to use it as a platform to educate people about plant-based eating for heart disease prevention, for overall health. And I closed it in 2018 just because it started to just grow more into like the more of the manufacturing and retail component. And I just really wanted to focus on the education. So that's when I opened, um, where I started my blog, Purely Planted, um, three years ago. And I use that now as a platform to educate people about plant-based eating for heart health, diabetes, overall health, gut health, brain health. I mean, you name it, plants can do so much. And um, also offer recipes on there and also link it to, you know, to my social media. So share recipes and nutrition tips and how to add more plants to your plate through social media. And then through that, I also just through writing, um, and through my passion of plants, I just launched this year in March, um, my first book, The Fiber Effect, which is really just about adding more plants to your plate. It kind of, um, it counters the, the diet culture because there's so much restriction around diet culture. And it, it just, it's kind of like my soapbox. It just drives me crazy when like whole food groups or whole foods are just completely omitted from the diet. And it can be so detrimental to health. So I wrote the fiber effect really, um, number one, to change that mindset, to show people how easy it is just to add plants. You don't even have to change anything on your plate. Just start adding more plants to your plate. And those foods that are not serving your health can naturally crowd out, um, or those plant-based foods can naturally crowd out those foods that are not serving your health. And also because I realized when I did a little research, I couldn't believe that more than 95% of the population did not get enough fiber every day. Like that, that number just blew me away. And fiber is the foundation for so many causes of lifestyle disease or inflammation in general that leads to heart disease, diabetes, cancer, brain health, like so much. So just this simple act of adding fiber to people's plates just um, can, can produce like profound health results. And that's where I am today. So just, yeah, I'm working on my second book. It's a, it's a plant-based for athletes book, and that should be launched in 2022 next year. I feel, I feel like you're totally my spirit animal. It's so funny or spirit <laughs> person, whatever you want to call it. Like I, 
it's like you're saying every single thing that I believe, like the diet culture and the, the, the frustration to me is the online food world makes it, it it turns it into this diet versus this lifestyle. And it, it makes people feel like they have to do something all or nothing. And there's no in between, there's no gray. And you have these people, like you said, like we have these people that are starting from nothing. And the idea of completely transforming your diet is so overwhelming that they don't make any changes. And like, that's what you said. It's like, you don't have to throw everything out. Like you can slowly just start incorporating some things in and the better you feel, the more you're going to crave more. And that's like people just, I don't know. And honestly, when I first started my website um, and my business, I had never really been in the business space, especially the online food world, like to me was very new. And I felt like I had to enter this all or nothing, especially the vegan plant-based niche. And the minute I um, decided I had a business coach that's like, you know, you do, you need to be you, you're not going to get your audience until you're you. And the minute I, I remember this so clearly, I did an Instagram live and I basically told people like, Hey, we are not all or nothing. Like we changed our diet for my husband's heart since hence mm-hmm. we're our topic today. Um, and it completely transformed his health in three months. But at the same time, we also like, you know, don't want to, you know, put this pressure on ourselves to stress about things hundred percent of the time. It's like, it's, it's a fine balance between mental health and physical health. And, and once I kind of said, like, you don't have to be hundred percent plant-based vegan in order to see effects. Like you can do this slowly. You don't, I mean, I had a woman come to me that said she was so thankful to listen to my live and to get that permission because she was packing a suitcase full of vegan products when she went on vacation. Wow. And I'm like, wow, that's got, that's some messed up mental health right there. Like that <laughs> is she was so stressed to go on vacation. And I'm like, why are you go? You know, like what? Like I was just, just blown away that she was so like that, that that's what diet culture and it is diet culture. People are like, well, vegan isn't a diet. Well, yeah, it can be, it can be turned into that. Um, and so I just love, and then throughout my journey, the funny thing that you mentioned about the fiber thing, I had a pediatrician on, um, to talk about, um, protein and, she, she told us that statistic that 95% of our population has no protein problem, but 95% has a fiber issue and it's staggering. I mean, like it's staggering and 95% that's insane. It's it, it like blew me away. I couldn't believe it because I really wondered when I was writing the book, I'm like, well, surely everybody knows what fiber is and surely everybody gets right. enough fiber. And when, yeah, in doing research, I was like, whoa, like nine, that's all that is the number is just huge. And right. And most people get less than 15 grams a day when the minimum recommendation is 25 grams a day for women and 38 grams a day for men. That's like minimum. And most people get less than 15. So those, yeah, those numbers just blew me away. And that's when, and then, you know, I would have friends and family say, when I was doing some research for the book and just asking people, you're like, what foods are high in fiber? Just like, you know, fun. What, what do people know? And I was just surprised, you know, like, I mean, uh, family members would come to me and say, do you, you know, does meat have fiber? Does dairy have fiber? And I, what, you know, I think is just, it's not everything is just so um, obvious, you know, when we went to school for it, obviously. So like, you right. know, we're, we're like thinking that it might be obvious, but it's not. And um, it just, I just saw the opportunity. I'm like, well, this is an opportunity to really like, let's like allow for practical tips, easy ways for people to not do a complete diet overall, just to add some simple high fiber foods to their diet or just like just plants and not in like an overwhelming way. Like it can make a huge, just a, just a ginormous impact on health, as you mentioned. And yeah, and just, you know, back to the diet mentality. Um, I mean, the, the, the example that you gave of the, you know, the client who was packing all of her food to go on vacation and feel like that defeats the purpose of vacation. You want to relax and you don't want to have right. the stress around diet. And that's every day too. Like you don't want to feel 
stressed around what you're eating. You want to feel good about what you're putting into your body and what you're eating and what you're adding to your plate and, and not, and, you know, and if for some, you know, you have, you know, we have cookies and ice cream, whatever you have that occasionally, that's fine. Like the guilt feelings, like all of the emotions around eating, I feel like just should be like focus on life and less stress. And that will actually translate to a healthier heart too, you know, having less stress around exactly. And just incorporating foods that you love and adding more of the plants to your plate. Like when you look like, and you mentioned, um, you know, not doing complete diet overhaul and you feel the difference when you add healthier things to your diet, you create, you start to create those foods and want more of those foods. And it's true. And, you know, if you just take the moment to look at the beautiful rainbow of plants. You know, we've heard eat the rainbow, but like really just look at the color of blueberries and leafy greens and orange peppers, you know, whatever it might be. Like you could just like that energy from those plants, those beautiful vibrant colors create that vibrancy within you. Like just know that what you're putting onto your plate, even if you add leafy greens to a sandwich, like you're not changing anything about your sandwich and you add some leafy greens or tomato, like just adding those plants to your plate can, um, just to take notice of what is going into your body. Like just know that all of those beautiful colors translate into healing nutrients into your body. And they're going to give you that same energy that they are giving off when you look at them. Totally. And I mean, I have, um, uh, actually like I have a, um, a a free guide that I give people um, that's my small habits guide. And it talks all about um, instead of like having this big, huge, you know, overwhelming goals about integrating small habits into your daily routines to start moving towards um, what, you know, what you want as far as your wellness goals. And one of the things I say that is like, even so simple, like for people that like, okay, I need to start eating greens. Like I don't eat greens. And it's as simple as like attaching you know, a habit to something you already do to make it easy to integrate. And, you know, you want to do things that you don't have to really think about all the time. You know, you want it to become natural. So I'm like, okay, so do you drink smoothies or milkshakes? I even throw milkshakes in there because Mm -hmm. if you, if your kids like, like milkshakes, especially chocolate, take a handful of spinach and throw it into that milkshake. When you blend it, they'll never know because spinach is so you cannot detect it. It's so mild. And all of a sudden you went from not having anything to at least you're starting with something and you're, that's like a tiny little habit that all, I I never make a smoothie without throwing spinach in it now. Like, it's just a habit. Like I grab the spinach container, I grab my whatever, and you know, you're getting something in. It's like, you know, people don't realize it really can be starting something that easily. Like it doesn't have to be this giant, you don't all of a sudden have to replace your, you know, you know, whatever, you know, with like just a salad, like start small. And then once you start getting feeling good about that and feeling successful, you're going to want to do more. It's going to be natural. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I love your tip about, um, adding something into a habit that's already created. So you've already had one habit and just yes. adding something else. So it's just kind of like, you know, on the backbone of that habit and it doesn't, it's no thought process. So it makes it so yeah. simple. And yeah, the smallest steps lead to the uh, huge impact. Like if you look at every little, step that you make throughout the year, if you, you know, you choose to do one small baby step this week and you do that for one week or two weeks. And then the next two weeks you do another little baby step. And like at the end of the year, you've got all of these steps that lead to a lifestyle changes that are healthy for right. you. And you don't even know that you've made it. Like you, you don't feel the impact and it doesn't feel um, like, you know, a major diet overhaul where it becomes stressful. It's just a very easy totally. way to move into it. Totally. Um, so I am going to bring us back just a little bit. And, um, I like to, when I do my podcast, I like to, um, start very, very basic and assume that people don't know what, cause you and I could probably talk the science. I love science. My dad was an immunologist. I was pre-med in, in college. Um, and I obviously didn't go the med route, but I, t- I, all the science classes, I love them. I took them all, but you know, a lot of people it's foreign to them. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, the science behind heart disease, like what is heart disease? Like, what does it mean? What happens in your body when you, you know, when you have heart disease? So people not only can, um, you know, maybe they're having some symptoms that they didn't know, like just to educate them. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, heart disease can be multifactorial, so it can start in your arteries. It can, it, it, atherosclerosis can be a thickening of the arteries, a hardening of the arteries and 
plaque can build up cholesterol uh, through cholesterol and other particles like calcium. Um, it, and blood pressure can be an issue that can lead to heart disease. So there are many factors. So it's like the whole cardiovascular system from your feet up to your head. You know, you've got your lower extremities, you've got your neck where your carotid arteries are, you've got this whole arterial system that keeps the blood flowing and pumping and the oxygen moving and it brings it to your heart and your lungs and everything is functioning well, you feel well, you have energy. And then as um, plaques start to build up or if your blood pressure is high and the oxygen is not being delivered properly to your muscles, including your heart muscle, you may feel tired, you may feel weak, you may feel um, the lack of energy and, and this can build up over time. It could be silent. You may not feel anything. And that's why it is good to know your family history, which doesn't have to be your fate. <laughs> if your father or your mother had heart disease, it doesn't necessarily mean it may, I, that's a risk factor. However, it doesn't mean that that's where you're headed. And um, you can prevent the plaque buildup through and lower your cholesterol through diet and lifestyle. So the risk factors, you know, smoking and being overweight to a point where it, it, is contributing to high cholesterol and potentially a risk for diabetes. Um, so when weight impacts your health, that can be an issue. Um, high cholesterol levels, uh, diabetes, lifestyle, so lack of exercise and diet. We know that um, saturated fat at meat and dairy, so saturated fat mostly, you know, found in the highest amount in animal products can contribute to higher cholesterol levels, sugar contribute to can contribute to triglycerides. So um, these are the types of things, the, the fatty foods, the sugar, um, inflammation, they can contribute to the arterial hardening and the plaque buildup. And that's what can lead to heart disease over time. So it just impairs the flow of oxygen to the heart muscle and it can just affect that heart muscle. So it's important to know your risk factors and it is good to know your numbers, cholesterol numbers and get some baseline and see where you are. It's not like the only thing you need to know, but it's also important to not smoke and to get regular exercise and to incorporate more plants into your diet because we know that they have healing nutrients, including fiber and phytonutrients, plant nutrients that can decrease inflammation and lower cholesterol. Awesome. Um, and I 100% have to agree and say that just because it is in your family, it is 100% does not mean you will have it. My husband started on blood pressure medication from the time he was a young adult and his family runs as his family. Everyone had it. His doctor said, Oh, family history here. Your here's your meds, whatever. And then after we had, we struggled for three and a half years to have our first child more like multiple rounds of IVF, IUI surgeries, all the things. Um, and finally, um, we're able to have a baby and we were done. We we're like, great. Once you hit, I'm not going through that again. We're not going through that again. And I got pregnant <laughs> very, very quickly without knowing. Um, so our first two kids are 15 months apart and my husband was traveling for work. So stress, you know, was pretty high in our house. We had a baby, a one-year-old and he was traveling every week and his medication stopped working. And so he went to a new cardiologist who said, Hey, um, FYI, we can try a different med. I can raise your meds. Um, or if you're interested, I treat a lot of my patients through dietary changes. Um, here's a documentary, no pressure, but like you decide, um, but let me know. And my husband looked, you know, looked into it and he goes, this is what I want to do. And so we did it. And within three months, he was off all of his medication. Um, he wasn't overweight. He's super tall. He's six, four, but you know, as you get older, you gain a little in the middle. He had lost some weight just naturally from the diet change, um, was not his goal, but it just happened. Um, and that was nine years ago. And he has not been on med since his numbers are, he always, you know, he has yearly checkups with his cardio and his numbers are incredible. And that was all done through dietary changes and lifestyle changes. And it wasn't done in it with an all or nothing mentality. And I want to stress that because he still does enjoy some things from time to time. Um, you know, when he 
I don't know, wants to, doesn't want to stress about it, whatever. So we don't live this crazy strict lifestyle, but he, the effects have been life-changing for him. So, um, yeah. And his family like still, yeah, still takes meds. Like, so it is those of you listening that think like, you know, that cat, you know, Oh, whatever, it's not going to help me. I mean, some people still might need a little bit of medication depending on, but it's life-changing. So, yeah. Amazing. That's phenomenal that, and it's so great to hear that, um, you know, a healthcare provider offered that offered, you know, the lifestyle change, the component and it, in the fact that, you know, your husband implemented some changes and he felt the effects and felt great. And, and it's interesting too, like that, you know, he didn't need to lose weight, but you said that, you know, it was just kind of a side effect of the plant-based diet, which often happens and just focusing on like the feel good component, I think is so important too, because, um, as you mentioned, not stressing about it and still, if there's something that you want that may not fit into that, um, the recommendations for like, you know, offline base and then yeah. that's okay. Like, don't stress about it. Have occasionally what you want, but know that, you know, when you're eating well, you feel well, and that's kind of what keeps you going. And it's more about like, even if you do, um, you had mentioned, you know, that some people might still need the uh, medication along with their lifestyle change, but, you know, not so much focusing on, of course, we want to focus on like heart disease prevention, but also feel like noticing the quality of life every day that you have, right. so like not getting discouraged, basically, if you still have to continue medication occasionally, or at that time, maybe in the future, you could go off the medication, but at least just like focusing on the quality of life, like, how do you feel? How's your digestion? How do you feel? Um, how's your cognition? How do you feel in terms of energy? And those types of like day-to-day, the quality of life day-to-day can also encourage you to keep going and just to continue to incorporate some of those foods that make you feel so good and totally go off your medication as a result of it. Totally. And that's the thing is like, I mean, we were in August, we were in Hawaii for two weeks. Um, my best friend from college has a place there and we were there for two weeks and it was vacation. And for those two weeks, we ate and we drank every day. <laughs> we had our <laughs> tropical cocktails and we had the time of our life. My children didn't eat a single vegetable and a French fry and an onion ring does not count. Even though my oldest tried to argue that, um, they did not eat a single vegetable, but we were having so much fun. And we had dis- we disconnected from our phones. We enjoyed life and, and we had a, I mean, incredible time. And you know, spent time with our best friends and made memories. And, and that was our focus at the time was our mental health and disconnecting from the craziness of the world. And, and we didn't care about the other part, but when we got home, all of us were like, Oh, my husband and I, all of last week, we, that was our first week back was last week. We're like, um, Oh my gosh, salads for dinner. Like we just, our bodies (laughs) had the best time, but our bodies also craved to get back to our regular routines of exercise and, you know, eating more plants and all the things and our body, cause our body is a memory. Your body l- wants to feel good and it knows, and it tells you if, you if you stop and you listen to those signals. And that's the problem. I think so many people have lost touch with that. Um, the signals that their body gives because they're following all these people online that aren't qualified eh? and all these fad diets. And when you don't listen to yourself and you impose these things on your body, the body's like, well, screw you. I'm going to stop communicating with you then. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. And that, I mean, to your point, everybody's so individualized. So it's like you get information and hopefully from, you know, reputable sources. So it's, you know, you're not getting bombarded by diet culture media, but, um, and just, you know, applying it to what works for you. And as you mentioned, just being in tune with your body is, it, you know, it can be just sitting, I mean, like sitting and just noticing, I feel like even taking frequent like breaks throughout the day and just closing your eyes and breathing, it can be literally a minute, but those like small practices, not only help you to just kind of like turn off for a minute and, um, and just get more in tune with yourself, but also help to like relieve that stress that you might be feeling from work or from just day-to-day activities. And that also impacts back to the heart disease thing that can also, this, yeah. you know, that moment of, of relaxation, you mentioned your body is in memory. The more that you do that, your body gets in tune with you. You get in tune with yourself and your body remembers that relaxation and it becomes more natural for you to just 
tune in to what your body needs. And yeah, everybody is so different. And I love that you just let go on vacation, but you come back. It's so true. Like just let go, have fun. Don't worry about what your routine is at home. Cause the whole point of going away is to lose that routine and just right. let go and de-stress and decon and, and uh, disconnect. And, and then you get back and it's still going to be there for you. Yeah. All the, right. your lifestyle is going to be there. Your home's going to be there. You can get back into routine and you appreciate your routine that much more after taking that break. Oh, totally. And that's the thing is people, I think just get and I'm going to say this, even though I'm an influencer, like, I'm sorry, but the little influencer online that has no credentials is not qualified to help you change your lifestyle, like to help you with your diet, if, especially when you have like legit medical conditions. And like, that's, it's frustrating to me because, you know, I, I strive really hard on my podcast and people that I talk to and share their stuff. I strive to make sure that they're qualified professionals. And, and for those of you listening, like if someone is not a registered dietitian, they cannot make you meal plans. Like. Right. That's just, they're not supposed to like, I have on my website, what I call meal plans, but I'm very clear that these are not meal plans. They're more like, this is what I eat for dinner in a week. And I'm very clear that I'm not a medical professional, even though I have a lot of experience, life, life experience with helping my husband change his diet under the care of a professional. Um, you're different. And, you know, when you're paying someone money on Instagram that does not have credentials, you're actually could be doing yourself a really big disservice because, you know, like we just said, everyone's different. And especially if you've got, you know, conditions like heart disease, like you could really screw yourself up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Going with a credential person. And, and as you mentioned, meal plans, like I just, that I feel like is such a common question. You, you just like give me a meal plan. And I'm, I'm like, what I eat is going to be very different. Like my flavor preferences and what works for my body is going to be very different, but I will give you a guide. Like I get, I like giving guide for like referring to meal plans as guides. Cause like here, yes. give you a snapshot of like what, you know, maybe not even just what I eat or what you eat, but like what a plant-based diet looks like, or what a low fat diet, you know, whatever it might be like, this is a snapshot of what it looks like. This is a gut meant to be a guide, but it really should be tailored to your own specific needs and preferences. Like you want to enjoy right. it as well. So, totally. Well, and yeah. I actually have, um, I have a course I created called meal systems for success and it's a course based on my failure um, as a meal planner. Because <laughs> um, when we first, I, I'm a meal planning failure. I'm a recovering meal planning failure. Um, when we first changed our diet, like I'm an organized person and I like to research things. And when we first changed our diet for my husband's health, like I was like, ooh, you know, looking online, I'm like, ooh, she's got her stuff together. She meal plans. I'm going to have a meal plan. I've got two babies, but I've got this. I could do it. And I found that like, I couldn't keep up with it. Like it was so stressful and it was so crazy. And I kept going through these cycles of like not being able to do it. And then I realized that that's because I, it wasn't like, it wasn't working. It was, it, it, it works in the virtual world of perfection, but at home to have this recipe on Monday and another recipe on Tuesday and this on Wednesday. And I, so I created a thing called meal systems for success that teaches you how to actually, like you just said, um, create it yourself based on how busy you are, like what days. And I, I, it's based on energy, like your energy levels. Like if you have a lot going on one day, your, your meal needs to not, not need a lot of energy to create because you don't, you don't have it. Your energy's done for the day. Um, but it has little like, you know, papers that take you through this walk about creating your own like quick and easy dinners. Like it has, to, it can be simple. It doesn't have to be fancy. And that's the thing with like keeping your heart healthy it doesn't have to be fancy. I mean, you can get some frozen veggies from Trader Joe's and their frozen brown rice in your favorite sauce and create a delicious meal. That yes. is, is simple. And, you know, and, and that's the thing with the foods, right? Like it doesn't have to be the whole foods, you know, fresh, you know, produce that you find. If you find frozen vegetables, those are still great. And I think we forget yes. that. Exactly. I know. And, you know, to be honest, I feel like some of them, I mean, they, they may even have more nutritional value than, than the fresh because they've been transported to such a long time yeah. between the time that they're harvested and yeah. on the truck and then sit in the grocery store, then go to your refrigerator. They lose nutrition every day that they're sitting. So more often than not, I'm lately recommending more 
frozen fruits and vegetables. And I don't know about you, but I have never, I'm, I'm like, I, my husband calls me the worst dietitian in the world because I do not, I'm not a fruit person. And I struggle to get in even like two servings of fruit a day. Like I, I'm like a kid, I have to hide them. But um, I, I've realized lately, it's taken me 49 years to realize this, that <laughs> it's because I'm getting them from like out of the country and they've been sitting or maybe they were maybe they were picked before they were yeah um even they were ripe so they have no so they're not flavorful yeah and I'm like so I started buying the frozen I'm like oh wait I actually like fruit I like I feel and I'm all for like fresh whenever you can don't get me wrong but like if it's local and fresh and, and there are you know if you can get local and fresh in the the less time on transportation and the less distance it's traveled, it's probably going to be better and for the environment and for your health, but, um, and in flavor, but I just realized that, you know, the frozen, I just have such a different perspective on frozen for both nutrition and flavor. And it's so convenient. As you mentioned, it's just so great. I love your meal program and how it, you can adjust it based on how much time you have. That's so important because it really doesn't have to be elaborate or fancy. And I think, people become paralyzed at just the thought of what do I eat? Like what, if I have to right. eat healthy or if I have to create a plant-based meal or if I have to add more plants to my plate, like where do I even start? And right. I mean, I, I was once a meat eater and, and like I, I'm all plant-based now and I don't say that people have to be all plant-based. I just say, you know, I, I advocate for more plants, like in any way that you can just get some more plants into your, onto your plate. And, but when I went plant-based, I didn't know, like, they don't teach us how to do that in dietitian school. <laughs> like they didn't say, right. this is how you create the plant-based meal, or this is what your plate should look like. It was in school, we learned, you know, dairy and meat, and then have a side of vegetable. And, you know, it was very in a grain. And when I took meat off my plate, I personally didn't know, I was like, I don't know what to put there. Like I, and that's what I find most people do. Like it becomes overwhelming. So yes, the, um, the, the, you just become paralyzed. And, um, you know, for me, it was like investing in some cookbooks and, and that was fun, but it's still the time thing. Like I can't cook a new meal every single night of the week, you know, you're busy and you have things to do. So it takes some practice and like, I think a different mindset, like it doesn't, like you mentioned, it doesn't have to be elaborate, just have some grains on hand, have a plant-based protein or have, you know, and have some frozen vegetables and your favorite sauce. And if that's ready to go, you can just like, like have something ready easily in minutes. Well, and I think we also like, it's another big thing lately for me has been um, really trying to bring the discussion around um, our different, you know, the disparities in our country and what people have access to and food access and food availability and, and all levels of socioeconomic ladder. And, you know, we have people, you know, it, it, the online world in the vegan and plant-based niche is very, um, it can be very classist in a way that like, if you can't shop at Whole Foods and afford all these things, you can't be healthy. And the, the real, the real thing is, is that um, it, it, that's not, it's so far from the truth. And whether, like we just said, frozen vegetables are actually frozen fresh, like, and ripe. They're frozen at peak flavor and ripeness and can be absolutely delicious. And at the same time, you also have the canned um, vegetables, um, that are also canned at fresh ripeness. The only thing you want to watch out for, for canned is like the added sodium and things like that. But mm-hmm. canned vegetables that don't have all that added stuff and is purely canned vegetables. Those are great too. Like there's so many ways to add plants into your diet to, you know, help your heart. And I just don't think it's talked about enough. I think we poo poo that, you know? Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree so much. And yeah. And, and, you know, the accessibility, as well. Like there, I know, um, there's a community that I work with here in Atlanta, um, that they just like, don't have food accessible within like miles or or fast food restaurants, of course. Um, it's actually through like an animal rescue and there's like a kid's program too. And they work with the animals and, uh, they are building their own gardens. And it's so amazing to watch these kids, you know, start their gardens and just watch their food grow. And then like, once they see that food grow, they want to eat it. And it just, you know, it's their food, they've grown it and that they've harvested it and they want to put it on their plate. And it's just something too, that like, if there is, um, if there's less access in a particular area, like consider that, like, you know, if, if 
can have your own garden and um, you know, no matter where you are in the country, like growing your own food, or like you said, if you have access to canned food or frozen food, like that is all, there are so many options that are both economical and nutritious and you know, just, and just fun to prepare your own, to, to grow your own food, right. and to prepare it. So yeah, there are, there are, and there's like a lot, it's not the plant-based world. It doesn't have to be that it doesn't have to be classes. It doesn't, it, it's, it should be accessible to everybody. And um, yeah, just something that we're all incorporating into our daily lives. In some way, I love, I love that you do that. That sounds so cool. Like, I just, I love that you do that, that they're building a garden. I mean, it's so neat because um, it talking about, you know, starting young, you know, if we want to get on that discussion, like, cause you said, like it is, it could be hereditary um, and starting young with not only teaching kids, you know, what, you know, what's important to incorporate into your diet, but also um, teaching them about, you know, the education behind heart disease. Like if we start young and we'll talk a little bit about the whole school lunch, you know, we kind of talked about this off um, the mic, but the whole school lunch thing, like we have so many areas and I will tell you the disparity between school lunches. I was a teacher for 14 years. And so I've seen lots of school lunches. I taught in a very low socioeconomic area for a while. And then I taught in one of the highest socioeconomic areas. And um, my kids go, you know, we live in a very, you know, blessed area. My kids have their own, the school lunches at our kids' school are pretty decent. You know, they're pretty good. Like they have salad bars at school. They just brought them back this year. Um, we have a school garden, we have a school farm um, and they're great. But then you have, like you were talking about earlier, the square pizza and the, you know, the um, syrup and the fruit. And it's like, why, why is it so like, what is, why is it so different? It's so frustrating to me. Right. It is. And this, that's where it starts. I mean, it starts from like infancy, really it, the um, risk for heart disease and the, what we're feeding our bodies, what we're feeding our children and and what they're getting in infancy is even like in utero, really, it's starting like some of the um, risk factors can begin. So it is important to start as early as possible. And then just like getting kids' palates used to eating whole foods, um, you know, and yes, just getting their palates used to liking natural whole foods versus processed food, because once that cycle, that can start for any of us. It's not even just with kids. I mean, you know, when you go on vacation, you know, you just recently went on vacation. I know this has happened to me too. You go on vacation and when you do eat fried foods, salty foods, you come back and you're like, I want more fried food and and salty food. (laughs) Like you can train your palate so easily. And then you do the same thing with kids, like just introducing them to healthy foods and what they can taste like and getting their palates used to it and allowing them to make those choices as they go through the stages of life. It's empowering for them and it's the, and it's healthy for their bodies. Yes, totally. Um, it's totally true. But like the good thing is, is that if that's, you know, you can also clear out your palate. So that's the thing is like you, it, it definitely goes both ways. Um, right. I actually a little, I, I, something that I had learned, um, early on is about how, um, are like with kids, like I work, you know, with a lot of parents, you know, who have kids that they want to actually bring more, you know, plant-based foods, more veggies into their kids diet. And And one thing I try and remember to tell people is that kids actually you're born with like your taste buds when you're born are like, woohoo, give me all the things. And they're so Mm. vibrant and fresh and new and they taste everything. And then as you get older, it's just, you lose some of that. And so sometimes as parents, like we kind of need to just take a step back and remember that perhaps, you know, it needs to be simple for kids. You don't need to make it this like crazy you know, flavor bomb, because sometimes that's too much for them. Like it's just mm. too much input. And so that part of why a child might be like, no, is that it really is too much, you know, that the, the, it's just too much for them to process because their taste buds, that's why like, you know, really old people put so much salt on their foods because they actually can't taste it. Difference <laughs> mm. <laughs> the opposite. They need more. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. So like, that's why, like when kids are little, it's like keeping it simple and letting them taste like what real fresh, like fruits and veggies taste like versus like, you know, 
putting things on them is, you know, it's, it's so important because that, like you said, getting their palate used to that, um, is, you know, and, you know, and sometimes kids can have options, you know, opinions too. Like I have a kid who hates peppers. He's tried them, doesn't like them. All right, cool. You know, you don't, <laughs> you don't on have to the to. next one. Right. Right. It's okay. That's perfectly um, fine. Yes, so tell exactly. us some, tell us some things like you can do, um, as far as if you're sitting here thinking, if people are sitting here listening and thinking, oh my gosh, like I, I, I need to make a change. Like, what are some things we can do to help, you know, start our bodies along this change of avoiding, um, heart disease? There are a couple of things that, um, I recommend just in general for people that like everyone is starting from their own place in their journey of heart disease prevention or health or, you know, wherever you are, whatever goal, whether it's heart disease or any other goal that you're looking for a health related goal. Um, and if it's something that can, where diet can affect that goal, what you're eating can affect that goal. I, I always recommend, um, naturally I go to, to plants because they're going to have the most impact on prevention of heart disease, as well as many other lifestyle diseases like cancer and diabetes. And, um, so I, I suggest, you know, in order to start incorporating more plants, like don't even think about the complete overhauls we discussed before, but just think about adding more plants to your plate. And I tend, I, I tend to follow a three color rule, adding three colors to your plate um, whenever you can. So say for example, you have oatmeal in the morning, which by the way is fantastic for cholesterol lowering and prevention of heart disease. I'm sure most people know, but um, adding, not just, not just having oatmeal, but adding blueberries and adding walnuts or some other type of then like tan counts as a color in this case um and adding maybe some chopped banana so like all like those three colors uh will add so many phytonutrients and a variety of phytonutrients like every single plant has its own blend if you will of phytonutrients like hundreds of plant nutrients that act as antioxidants in our body and can decrease inflammation and can decrease cholesterol and scavenge those free radicals and help with stress. Like there's just so much that plants can do. And if we can just maybe think about the three color rule, just adding three colors to your plate. Again, like another example could be a sandwich. So if you should typically have any kind of sandwich, whatever kind of sandwich or a wrap, um, adding three colors to that. So maybe it's a leafy green, maybe it's tomato, maybe it's radish or sprouts or something, just like three plant-based foods. So not even changing what you're currently doing, but just start to add in those plants and try to add three colors with every meal. And that will ensure you're getting a variety of plants. You're not doing a complete overhaul of your diet, but you are bringing in so many powerful nutrients that are going to prevent heart disease and if weight management is your goal, that may happen as a side effect, you may feel more energy or you may get better sleep. Like you may have these other wonderful bonuses that come with eating plants. And plus you're boosting your fiber, um, which as we talked about, most people don't get enough fiber. So you're, you know, with that fiber, with all those plants, you're getting lots of fiber and you're getting all these phytonutrients. So you are just going to feel good. Um, and yeah. And one mention, like I do mention, often and even in my book because it's called the fiber effect and some people get like really excited about it and they just wanted some people want to do a complete overhaul and uh I do mention I do suggest starting slow even though you know maybe like a smaller portion of plants to each meal because that fiber can obviously it, it's not created into energy, it goes through your digestive system hole and bacteria break it down. And it can cause some GI discomfort at times, but that's okay. Like just if you, if you start slow and drink plenty of water, uh, you might notice, um, you might notice that, you know, that you're getting more fiber in your diet. You may have a little bit of gassiness. You may notice that you have, um, you know, you may go to the bathroom a little bit more frequently, or it might just be better. It might be, maybe you're not constipated anymore, right. but just starting slow is a good idea just because fiber can, um, 
you know, disrupt the GI system a little bit. And it takes a couple of weeks. Like it may take a couple of weeks as you add more plants to your diet to, for your body to get used to it, but your body will get used to it. It's just introducing something new. And if you do get gassy during that time, it's actually a good sign because it's, it's showing that the bacteria is doing the healthy bacteria in your gut is doing the work and breaking down all those fibrous compounds that are going to lead to that decrease inflammation um, overall and in heart disease. So three colors is kind of my, the, the one thing that I love to suggest. And I feel like from kids to adults, we can all relate to colors and colors are fun and colors are invigorating and energizing. And if we can just focus on that, it, um, then that might be, that could be helpful. Awesome. I love all that. And I love the colors because, um, different colored foods actually come with different nutrients because that's like, you know, the different colors, it, 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 having a wide variety of food. Um, I have another episode. We talk a lot about this um, food diversity um, that, you know, the, you want really diverse foods because it creates a more happy, um, you know, gut biome. And so um, yeah. the more different foods, the more colors you have, you know, the different colors gives you different foods as well. So it's like a double, triple effect of goodness into your body. Exactly. Yeah. That diversity is so important and, you know, gut health can be a whole nother episode, but that diversity is going to create the gut, the diversity, diversity of plants that we're eating will create the diversity in our gut, which, which has been linked to better health outcomes, including yeah. um, lower cholesterol and prevention of heart disease. So yeah, the diversity is so important. The other, um, the other simple Thing to do again, like you don't have to do a complete overhaul of your diet, but just swapping out foods. So if you typically have a sandwich with white bread, try whole grain bread. If you typically have white rice, try brown rice, or, you know, just looking for the whole food version of any processed foods that are currently in your diet. And, or maybe you, maybe you swap out meat one night a week and you have, instead of a regular, you know, traditional beef burger, you think you have a bean burger in place of that beef burger. So maybe it's just one night a week, or maybe you pick one plant-based meal a week and make that one tight, you know, just do small baby steps, like to not try to trying to incorporate more plants, but, you know, simple swaps or one meal or one day, like whatever works for you and your schedule, start small, and experiment and have fun, like make it stress-free, just try to have fun. And if you are getting in the kitchen for the first time or like working with plants or you, you want to get in the kitchen more and you're not, you don't usually have the time, like choosing meals less than 30 minutes and just creating something new, but don't, um, basically don't get discouraged. If it's like not the idea, you know, it's something like just have fun experimenting. I've created meals that are turn out delicious and I'm very excited about them. And then there are other meals that are like, I, you know, I like it, but maybe it's not going to be in my recipe library forever, but still like, what did I learn from that meal? What did I take from that meal that I liked that I could maybe apply to another meal? So just kind of trying to have fun with um, the changes and any kind of experimentation you're doing in the kitchen that might be new for you. Oh, I have thrown away meals. Don't worry. Like I have gone, <laughs> I have done things that my family is like, yeah, no, we are not eating that. Like, <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah, this experiment did not work out. Um, I was going to say too, it can be as simple as like when you were talking about swapping out foods. One thing too is like as simple, if you make sandwiches and you slather on the mayo, try swapping it out for hummus. Or, you oh, know, yeah. something that like, you know, it can also be things like that, like little condiments, like look at the, you know, learning. I also have a freebie about learning how to read nutrition labels. Like look at, you know, that salad dressing that you're buying. And right now there's such an influx of um, such great whole food based things out there that don't have all these extra things you just don't need. I mean, I always made my own dressings, like always, because I never liked the taste of dressings, but then I've recently found a few new brands that I actually really like. And so I buy some now just because it's convenient and they're, the, the ingredients are great. They're things that I probably would use to make it at home. Um, so it's, you know, it's that too. It's like, it can be simple things like that. It doesn't have to be this, like we said, like this giant change to begin with. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that you brought up the sauces and dressings because I, uh, um, similar to you, like I love making, it's one of the simplest things to make at home. I feel like it, they can take like five minutes and you can make them completely whole food based and so healthy and they taste so good. So that 
as you mentioned, like when you go back to the store-bought dressings, they really don't no. taste as big. There are so many on the market, as like you mentioned, I've seen some that are that use all whole foods and they do, they taste really good and they're nice to have for convenience for sure. But like making dressings, I have a um, on my website as well, one like a little mini course, a free mini course on um, how to just easily create five. Yes. And sauces and keep them in your fridge. And once you have dressings and sauces in your fridge, like one or two for the week, I feel like you can kind of like easily throw something together and that like elevates any meal, <laughs> but it also oh, 100%. nutrition. It's like, if you have like, I just made a carrot ginger dressing that was just like all carrots, ginger, tahini. I mean, it was just all high antioxidant, fiber rich foods. And it was so good. And having that on hand, like just think you're not only like elevating the flavor of that meal, but you are also adding so much more nutrition to it. So that that variety that we talked about before, you're getting so much more variety when you incorporate dressings and sauces made with whole foods and they're so good and they're easy to make. Totally. So many of them are very easy to make less than five minutes. I have, by the way, those of you listening, I have her free ebook linked in the write-up. So you can get it right from there. Um, five tasty and simple plant-based salad dressings. And um, I swear this is like, we were like separated at birth or something because in my circle, I'm known as the sauce queen because um, <laughs> I create sauces and dressings like literally all the time, just randomly. It's so easy to throw together. And um, I have a, a a vegan ranch dressing that I created for my cookbook a long time ago. It's now on my website um, just because I pulled a few things to share. But my son, not even kidding you, he's the pickiest eater. He will eat anything with this ranch dressing on it. And that's like... <laughs> You know, like that's the thing. It's like if you're trying to add more, you know, plants into your diet to help, you know, with heart disease and stuff, get a great sauce that you like or dip and that will get you to eat more. Because if my picky guy will eat it with ranch, anybody will eat it with ranch. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He's the taste tester. That's great. Yeah, no, it's so true. It really can be the vehicle for so many foods that might be a struggle to eat. You know, you're like, I don't want that. But if you add this great sauce to it, it's Yeah, totally. It makes it so much easier. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for being here. This was um, such a great chat. And I really hope that, you know, somebody listening will, I don't know, just, you know, think about if they have a family history, think about making changes because it's never too late, never too late. I mean, it really isn't. Um, You can, you reverse, you can change, you can do things. um, And it's just important to just do it. That's it. Just do it before something terrible happens. Uh, it just, this is so preventable and it's such an important topic to, um, get out there and talk about. So I just, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me, Sophia. It's really been a pleasure talking with you. And yes, I agree. Just like any simple implementation, it's never too late and just start today. Thanks, Sophia. Uh Absolutely. And to my audience, thank you so much for listening. Um, It's because of all of you that I keep doing this. And if you love the episode, if you love the podcast, please do a rate and review on the Purple app because the more rates and reviews I get, the more my podcast will get out there and the more able I am to get awesome guests like Nicole on here to give you guys information because ultimately it's about what I can share with you. So thank you all so much and we'll chat again soon.